Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't touch that, stop it. Where's the line? Hello. Wow. Hello. <laughs> that was good. That should be our new opening. I'm Abby. I'm Steph. This and is- welcome to <laughs> Hands Off Parents. Need some jazz hands. <laughs> Um, how are you doing? Tired. Yeah. Tired. You've had a busy, like, 48 hours. Had a busy time. Busy time. Busy time. Flying around the world, doing things, talking to people, setting up meetings. So fancy. A lot of stuff. So fancy. A lot of stuff going on. Well, I will spill the beans to everybody about what has just happened to you. Oh, here it comes. Stephanie got to hang out with John Hamm. (laughs) So jealous. I never use the word jelly- in terms of jealous, but I think that I did. I think I was like, whoa, I'm jelly. My favorite part is that I sent you the photo of us together. I know. And your response was capital letters, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that was great. That's great. Oh, John Ham. Yeah, he's a he's a handsome man. <laughs> I wish you had said that to him. And then I wish he had just like walked away from you. <laughs> just scowled. Yeah, I mean, he really is very good looking. He is. In like, lo- is he really? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Because you always wonder, like, are people, like, they look good, but, like, are they that good looking? No, no, he's good looking. He had a lot of facial hair. Which is even fine. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was a good. Well, I'm glad you had fun with John Ham. Yeah, it was just me and him. I was me on my Hamm. couch with my kids. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was fun. Weird Al was there. Fun. So he, you went to a book party. Yes. You went to a, like a sort of an introduction to your book party. A book launch. A book launch. That's event. Better private word. event. Private event. At a wealthy person's <laughs> home. You there are was a private seven. chef. There was. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Wait, what did you eat? I didn't even ask you. I had oh. short ribs mm. and some like. Butternut squash ravioli. Oh, that sounds salmon. Good. What? All of these things? Root vegetables and Was it a buffet? Or no, did they serve family you? style. Oh family. So everyone passed around? Yeah. I find that very uncomfortable. Pretty much. And then like I was supposed to get up and speak like during the salad, but then like the timeline got messed up. So basically dinner was served and then I was supposed to get up and speak. So basically nobody got to eat their food for 15 minutes and it was just cold when they went back to it. Uh, And in the middle of my speech, I was like, please eat. Yeah. Don't, you don't just eat. And then if you hear my voice at the same time, that's fine. And then if you don't even hear my voice, that's fine too. That is, and where people, did people start eating? No. Nobody. And then, and then it was like this awkward thing when I finished because it was sort of a bummer, a bummer <laughs> when I finished. Here's your short ribs. Everyone was like really quiet. And I was like, please start talking now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so anyway. Um, but yeah, we were, we were away from um, our child. Yeah. How was that? Oh, have you guys done that? Not in a while. You went to like a hotel once, right? Like, yeah, it's very unusual. Yeah. Was that For weird? you guys too, right? Yeah. Maybe twice twice i well maybe three times but some not very many you know it's funny we all complain about how we just want to be alone and we want to get away from our children then once you do you just miss them so much yeah yeah i mean it's really hard to be away yeah like i needed to know every detail of everything that was going on yeah did she miss you guys allegedly yeah (laughs) unless she's a liar well you never know which she could be yeah, they, they, they're liars sometimes. Sometimes they lie. It's they, starting. They're figuring it out. They're figuring out the lies. Yeah. 
How have you guys been? We're fine. Um, I'm trying to think something interesting happened. Thinking about lies. No, no. Okay. Here's what happened. I've been encouraging them to lie. Oh, that's good. <laughs> because so like the other day we were home for the snow thing that happened. The freeze. And they were playing in the back and I was in our sort of dining area working um, on my laptop and they're just playing super nice. I would have never gotten up to go in there. Like they ate breakfast and they just like kept playing and I was like, they're fine. It's fine. And then finally, Levi comes in and he goes, mommy, Jack threw oatmeal all over the floor. And I was like, no, he didn't. And he was like, come here and look. And I walked, I got up and I was like, yo guys, let's clean this up. And then it like turned me on like a fire, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know what, Levi, not for nothing, dude. I would have never come in here. <laughs> like it would have been hours. You could have just played. You could have stepped in the oatmeal, thrown it at each other. And it was I, in their playroom. It was in like that back room yeah, area yeah, yeah, where yeah. all the toys are. I was like, I would have never the playroom. I guess it's the playroom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was in that room where all the toys are. <laughs> the playroom. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, next time don't tell on your brother. Like, and I, I look forward to this part in your life where tattletailing happens this has been very very common now yeah i really am not i'm not looking forward to that did you and your brother tattletale on each other sure yeah me and my sisters all the time yeah but it's so interesting because it's like from my perspective now as a parent like why would you tell on him just like freaking like be messy with him i don't like what what are you getting out of telling on him yeah look better to me i just yelled at you too right and now i yelled at you for being a tattletale yeah very strange there's no good that can come of it no i was like just help him just help him clean it up right but jack didn't really have the idea to clean it up no jack couldn't have cared less sure he even when i he doesn't he's very challenging he does not respond to he doesn't care about being yelled at. no he does not care about being yelled at (laughs) and at night i um, wish i was like that now i'm just like rambling they've they've turned a a very p- bad corner where at night we put them to bed and they just play and it's it's happened for a while but like now it's like to an extreme like we go in there and we're like stop it we're taking away your toys we're taking away poo or bear or whatever it is like to the point where I'm like I'm taking away your blanket I have nothing left to take away and then the final straw is Rob goes in and screams like scary and they right. cry and then I go back in and I'm like, here's your stuff. Just go to bed. Don't. But does Jack cry? Jack fake cries. He cries when Rob yells. He gets upset when Rob yells. But like, I'll take away Bear and you, like Levi is having a panic attack without Bear. And I'll take away Jack's poo bear. And he'll he'll be like, I want my poo. And I'm like, you're not even crying. Levi's genuinely upset. You right. You could not. You're a sociopath. Life. He's a sociopath. <laughs> You are, you are the, you're, yes, we need to put you in therapy immediately. Well, I want, so I need to put this out there, like to the twin parents. How do you deal with this? Like kids messing around at night. I, it's like, I, I would rather leave her in her room and have her mess around without me than have to put her to bed every single night. I mean, I guess in that, but like last night it was after 10. And they were still messing around. We put them to bed at eight. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, at least was, they like each other. I was starting to have an anxiety attack over uh. it. <laughs> Speaking of anxiety. We never said what we were talking about today. No. Because we didn't even say we were going to talk about uh. this. But speaking of anxiety. 
we're going to talk about anxiety today. Um, and here's a way to start. My daughter, Iris, has a pacifier that she has used every day of her life. And she gets horrible anxiety when it is away from her. Right. And she, um, we've been telling her, we've, we've been telling her when you turn four, we're going to take the pacifier away. We're going to put it inside a bear. Because I think somebody on the, somebody listens recommended going to build a bear and putting the pacifier yeah, in the tummy of the bear. Great idea. And so we did it. And um, shockingly, she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. It was like. It was because we really worked on it. We we did a good job on this one. We we prepared it. We t- we kept talking about it. She got to pick what bear she wanted. She got to you know put the thing in there, build the bear. Yeah, you know it's called build a bear. Literally, you because build a bear. you build a bear. Yeah, it's very outside the box. Yeah. Although let me tell you, man, great scam, great scam. Because once you get the bear, there's all the outfits. Yeah. And then you get to the cash register and the bitch, the cash register, I'm sorry that I just called a woman a bitch, but it was a bitch move. She was like, would you like a backpack? And I was like, why would you say that yeah. in front of my kid? Yeah. Why? Because then she's like, mommy, I want a backpack. Yeah. And then I have to spend another $5 on a backpack. And it winds up being like $50. Like you're like, oh, this is not that expensive. It's like $9.99. $75 yeah. it's later. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a nice thing, but it's a nice thing. No so now she has her bear as an adult. We don't have pacifiers and we don't have bears No, And a lot of us have crippling, crippling anxiety. Yeah. Um, we have talked about being fear based yes. before and having anxiety. Yeah. Um, but it's on my mind right now cause I gave a talk today about about anxiety and um, how you kind of push through it or what it is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, f- what I think it is is that it's it's basically just a, a fear of all the things you don't know. It's yeah. a fear of the unknown. It's a fear that, you know, you can't control a situation, you know. And nowadays there's tons of stuff to be afraid of. Yeah. We're on our 11th school shooting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, year. I am legitimately afraid of school shootings, yeah. of nuclear war, of climate change, of Nazis. There's a lot to be afraid of right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't. I, but then it's like, well, what do you do? Just do you just hide in a corner? Well, you don't. Right. Because that's kind of what you talked about in your your little talk today. Yeah. I mean, my whole theory is like. What what anxiety does, I think, is that it it basically takes you out of your body and puts you in your brain. Yeah. So you are living in your brain. And you're expelling all of the fuel and the energy and and the just the energy that you have to actually do things in the world, to move forward, to forge relationships, mm-hmm. to keep your eyes open for opportunities goes away yeah. because the worrying becomes what you spend your time doing instead of actually doing. Yeah. Um, and when I taught acting, we, you know, this is what sort of the basis of the curriculum was that I was trying to teach the kids how to work from a place of impulse rather than intellect. Mm-hmm. And they were terrible at it because they were so worried of failing. Right. And the, the fear of failing is what ultimately made them fail. Yeah. And it wasn't until they got to be like seniors, they were, they, that they were like, this is bullshit. You're bullshit. I'm sick of this. I don't care. 
that they won at right, it. Right, you know? right. It's like it's like so Mr. Miyagi. Once you <laughs> once you fail at the thing and you say fuck this I'm done is when you achieve success. Yep. And that was really sort of what the talk was about like that for me personally like every when I was younger I feel like I had more anxiety because I I hadn't really experienced pain. And how would it manifest? So would it be I'm not going to go out and do this thing or I'm not going to turn talk to this person or an exhausting exhausting movie playing in my head. Just playing a, like over and just just on a, a reel in my head of negative self-talk or right. Like just but did it stop you from doing things because you seem like a person that went, you know, you moved out of your parents' house. You went to school in New York City. You tried to, you acted, you went to grad school. Like, where where do you think it, it, it hampered your I never growth? tried to be an actor. I, 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 after school, I didn't, I didn't fight it out. I didn't right. get headshots. I didn't, you know, I moved home. I became a teacher for 10 years because it was safe. Yeah. Um, even though it was never what I wanted to do. Right. It was only until, you know, Iris was diagnosed with the hearing loss and I had to deal with all that. And then my brother died and I had to deal with all that, that I was like, you know what? I am so tired and I, and I've been so stripped down at this point Mm -hmm. and there's been so much trauma that I now know I am able to survive actual trauma that worrying about fake trauma that's not real isn't even a thing I need to do. Yes. And if something goes wrong or if I fail or if I make a wrong choice, that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Because that's not the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like I have learned a similar lesson. It's like that, like as you age, you yeah. know, like it really is like older people, I feel like know more of this because they've just had more it's like life experience. Got to do it. If you don't do it, you never know. But it's a struggle. I mean, I, I feel like I've struggled with anxiety for a long time, um, mostly in communication. Like my dad has horrible, horrible communication anxiety. Like he doesn't even want to freaking email you back. Like he just what for whatever reason. But now I am a scholar of communication. Like, and I think that is there was a that reason. why you went into it. I think so. Like. It's definitely helped that I understand it better now. And, and, but also like, Hey man, you just got to talk to people and it's the, what's the worst that they tell you to go f- die? Like, so who cares? Yeah. Really? I mean, I'm just saying that. And obviously I don't feel that way 90% of the time and it's still a struggle and we all struggle with it, but I don't know. I think you're right. I think just having a lot of like garbage happen in your life, you're like, well, that thing doesn't suck as bad as all the other stuff sucks. So, well, and for me, like once I stopped putting fuel in that tank, right? I had all of this fuel to do other stuff. So it's energizing. It is. It's like now I have the energy to quit my job, open a new business, write a book, yep. pass a bill. Like all these things that have happened have been like a real result of this, like personal sort of like breakdown and then rebuilding that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned this today during, during the talk and I really think every parent should read this article. It's this piece that I read or I didn't write it. I read it when um, Iris was 
you know, first diagnosed, somebody sent it to me. It's called Welcome to Holland. Mm -hmm. And it's like this, (laughs) like, it looks like it was invented the day the computer was invented. It's like Times New Roman, like just weird word document that just looks out of place. There's no imagery on the page. It's just this document. And it says, um, here, you know, it's about raising a child with a disability, but I think it could apply to a lot of things, Mm -hmm. parenting in general and your expectations of how things are going to be. And it says, okay, you, you, you waited your whole life to go to Italy and you've read every guidebook and you've seen all your friends' pictures and you, you, book the tickets, you buy the, the plane fare, you book all the, all the hotels, you're ready to go. You've waited your whole life for this trip. You get on the plane, the plane lands, you get off and somebody says, welcome to Holland. And you realize you've gone to the wrong place and you're pissed about it. You're furious. Like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. But then you lift your head and you look around and you're like, Oh my God, you know what? There's some beautiful tulips and look at that charming windmill and look Mm -hmm. at that porn shop. I mean, like there's some nice things like, you know, there's beauty in this place as well. There's not one beautiful place. Yeah. That may be the place you envisioned, but that's not where you're going to end up and that's okay. That's a nice analogy. Yes. And this is what I used to tell, you know, my seniors when I was teaching and they were really conflicted about and caught up in this anxious sort of spiral about where should I go to school? What should I do? What should I do? Any sort of like transitional point comes along with like tons of angst yeah. and anxiety because you have to make choices and choices can feel violent yeah. to make. It's like, oh, if I make one choice and what if it's wrong? What if it's the bad choice? Mm-hmm. I really do believe that whatever choice you make is going to have you, it's going to put you where you are. Yep. And like, for example, you. That's a learning thing. That is something that you, you come to in life. It's true. Yeah. Like you've been here in Houston for 10 years now. Like this isn't probably where you thought you would wind up, but you've been here and you've put down roots and you've made so many friends. You know, everybody in this town, like, you know, you end up kind of like making a life wherever you are and yeah. one experience leads to the other experience and another experience and that's kind of how it goes like I don't think you can make a bad choice unless you obviously do something illegal or get put in jail or kill yeah. somebody or die I mean there's like these big extremes yes. yes but when it comes to like which path is correct there's not one no and but I but I think you have to say that to yourself I mean I definitely look back on on crossroads and have thought, well, if I had walked down that other road, where might I be? But then you always kind of think that you'd wind up in the same place anyway. Yeah. And that's just like a mind fuck. Yeah. You can't say, well, what would have happened if X, right. Y, and Z? Like, who knows what would have happened? But I feel like the same thing. Like, I, I feel like I I got out of college and I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a screenwriter, playwright, whatever frick I thought I was going to do. And I ha- was just to it had too much anxiety to do it right to fight about it to fight for it because yeah. you have to fight for those you, do. you really you have to fight for it there's not enough room no um but then you i don't know you find different dreams and and you, you adapt know. to situations yeah, you adapt it's flexibility behavioral flexibility and i think that it would be i think it's helpful in parenting yeah i was gonna say so how do you impress this upon your children well somebody said to me today like how do you not pass down this kind of stuff to your kids yes because you do absolutely and what I think and you know talk to me in 10 years because I have a four-year-old so I don't know but 
I think if you, for me, like just a real reliance on authenticity Mm -hmm. and on being wherever you are and really drilling into their heads, like there is no perfect here. There's no right. Like, you you know, you, you need to like experiment, explore. If you fail, it's okay. Yes. And not shaming them or scolding them when they take a wrong path. Using any sort of mistake as a growth opportunity. Yeah. And trying to model that. Because, you know, anxiety, a lot of it stems from, like, wanting to do it right. and, and The first time. Yeah. Which, and I have a lot of that. I mean, I've had, I mean, a lot of that perfectionism. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think when you become a parent you realize you can't control anything. I mean, it's sort of your, it's a real lesson in that. I think you, well, I hope that people learn that. I mean, there are certainly parents who have not learned that, right? And are, and they're carpenters. Yes, they're carpenters. (laughs) And they keep trying to control everything. And I think that is in in anxiety inducing. And to me, virtually impossible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just remember like... But I mean, inducing in your children. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. Like, you have to do it like this, the way that I'm showing you. And if you don't... Like, I remember... I've told this story. I was in a play in fifth grade, and my dad was reading lines with me. And it was just like... It was so... It made me so anxious. Because, like, I was... I kept saying them wrong. I kept doing them wrong. I'm in fifth grade. Like... Who cares? Really, who cares? And isn't that crazy that that sticks with you? That that I will never forget that moment. And that I never, ever once again was like, hey, do you want to read lines with me for anything or do anything with me ever again? I mean, that's a really good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I mean, a sucky one, right? Like, I mean, how do you ensure that you're not just like excusing, you know, because it's like, okay, if... So, for example, like this, we stayed when we were in L.A. with some friends and um, their daughter has um, autism. Okay. And they're working on trying to get her into a school in L.A. And, you know, anybody who's living in L.A. listening to this, like, I I am, how do you do school there? Because it is, the system seems so. It's worse than here. Oh, my gosh. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no contest. Um, so they, the kids have to take this test, you know, this sort of developmental test. And so they're, they have to color this way and they have to make sure that their stick figures or their people have all the correct parts, you know, a a face with two eyes and a nose and a mouth and a body and two legs and two arms. And so every night now they're working on drawing these people. Oh my gosh. The right way. And it's like that line between making yourselves crazy. Like, ultimately, they're doing this so she gets into a good school. Yeah. Yeah. But then you are like, you must do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that that causes some kind so of... much anxiety. Right. I mean, those tests in general, and we, we haven't talked about those in so long, but the conversations that we had with parents who had their kids go through those star tests and things like that just said like they were crying over I know. it. I mean, I know. So there's the fine line between trying to like give your kids a good life and provide good opportunities yeah. and then making everybody insane. 
Yeah. Like, okay, here's an example. We, um, I picked up the kids the other day and one of their teachers was like, oh, we're, they've been doing like alphabet, uh, sign language letters with them. Levi knows all of his sign language letters. I was like, that's great. Thank you for telling me that. And I turned and she's like, Jack wouldn't even participate. So you might want to work on it with him at home. And I was like, thank you. Got in the car. I was like, nope. Of all the things that I care about in life to put pressure on my four-year-old kid to do sign letters, that is not one of them. Like, I want him to hold a pencil, write. We work on that. We work on tracing. He, you know, he traces his letters. Like, I, it's, I have all love for people who need sign language. But right now, my four-year-old does not need that pressure. Girl, I got one for you, too. Okay. Let me lay it down. Yes. We went for her four-year checkup. Uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> so she happens to be in the 57th percentile for weight. No, for height. Yeah, Sorry. Like, come on. Not for weight. <laughs> Listen for height. <laughs> which I was also, I was like, yeah, wow, that's pretty tall, tall. Tall lady. Like her mama ain't. Yeah. And then the 93rd percentile for weight. Which she went down. Which she was like a 96. But when you put those numbers together, her BMI is 98. What should it be? Percentile. Oh, 98 percentile. Okay. Right. They don't want it to be higher than 85th percentile. And I said, this is what I said. Are you worried about this from a medical pr- uh, perspective? Because if you are, then I will do something about it. Mm-hmm. But if this is not worrisome to you medically, I'm not putting this on my plate, no pun intended, and I'm not going to put this on my daughter's plate. I'm not going to give her this issue right now. No. She just turned four. She is a healthy, active, happy four-year-old. And I'm not taking, I'm not giving her this neurosis. Yeah. I ha- I that was passed down to me so intensely. Oh, yeah. The body stuff. And I worked really hard to break it. And that is something that I am determined not to give her. Yeah. But, you know, the doctor was like, I'm not worried. You know, we can keep an eye on it, but I think she's going to outgrow it. And I'm like, great, then I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know at what age that becomes a problem, but I agree. Like, at four, and she, I mean, she's a butterball. She was a butterball the always she the was ma- born. She has been off the charts with yeah. weight from the second she came out of my belly. She's fine. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, because you're right. That is... Th- like, are you worried we, about her health? Yeah. Because if so, I'll do something. If not, I'm not doing it. We pass our anxieties down to our children. Absolutely. Um, my sister is an example. Her older son had this bug thing. I cannot even tell you. If bugs were anywhere near him, he was grossed out about it. Like, he couldn't even deal. Such a, I was like, where does he get this bug thing? Like, she doesn't have a bug thing. The other one has this, like, everything. It's like, if he looks funny, like, if something is off. Like, he, she was telling me he wore, like, a hat for, like, he got a haircut. He thought it was too short. He wore his hat to school for, like, uh, three weeks. Would not take his hat off. We were there visiting. She had bought him a jacket. It had a number one patch on it. Like, just some rando number one patch. He wouldn't wear it because he was like, then the kids are going to say, I'm number one and I'm not number one. Like anxiety over a patch. Mm. She was like, where does this come from? And I was like, you, <laughs> this is a hundred percent from you. 
because she just stresses about everything. She just stresses about everything. Like you got like the germ thing. They're constantly washing their hands and de-germing shoes off. Like I was like, where? Why do you think they're so freaked out by bugs and dirt? Like because you don't like germs and you talk about it a lot. Um, so it definitely, you know, they pick up on everything. Yeah, they pick up on everything. She would never say like, hey, if you cut your hair too short, you'd look stupid. You should wear a hat. But it's like she probably does that stuff all the time. I know. I know. That's the, I mean, so it really is like we have to be aware. Yeah. And her husband too. I should have said throw in there. I can tell. I mean, Iris will, will like talk back to us in this way that is just straight from me. Yeah. Just like she'll be like, ugh, you know, like roll her eyes. Mommy, you don't understand. I mean, she, you know, yeah, just this. And I'm like, that's, that's, it's not like I'm doing that to her. Yeah. But maybe I'm doing it to Mike. Yes, <laughs> like, probably. You know, like they just pick up on yeah, your, on your isms. So they definitely pick up on your anxiety. And I was just like scrolling through this article before we started talking, but, um, this article in childmind.org that says like, they take cues from you. Witnessing a parent in a state of anxiety can be more than just momentarily unsettling. Kids look to their parents for information. So if you are acting anxious and fearful, they must think that there's something worth an- acting anxious and fearful of, right? Yeah. But then we were talking about this and not to like go crazy about this, but how do you not do? I mean, how do you like we were saying this a couple of weeks ago like um we're always like, don't run in the street because it's bad for you. You're going to die. And blah, blah. How do you not do it? Like, that's so much anxiety. I have so much anxiety about my kids running into a parking lot because they yeah. love to do it. Yeah. How do you not instill fear yet not instill anxiety? And-, and, and I would ask the same thing about like all of this, these conversations right now around consent and around right. like, you know, this is your body and these are your body parts and don't let anybody touch you. And all, you know, and then all of a sudden you've implanted this like fear fear of of people touching them. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. This is a great conversation that we need. Maybe we need like a therapist. I think we need a professional like child psychologist to come on the show. Are you saying that we need a guest? I think we need a guest. Yeah. It's been a few weeks without a guest. I don't know why. Like we're (laughs) extremely organized. Um, what? Are you a child psychologist? <laughs> Do you want to come on a great podcast <laughs> where we're extremely organized <laughs> and we come up with random theories and <laughs> and then like stamp them and certify them and send them in the mail? If anybody's listening that has an actual degree in this, yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. And if you even have like kind of a fake degree, <laughs> okay, you bought on the internet. Internet degrees totally work. Yes. Um, yeah, because I would like to know how do we not instill anxiety, our own anxieties in our in our children. Uh, you know, my my daughter recently started singing like the Daniel Tiger thing. If you feel if you feel real mad and you start to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. I love it. And then she'll go one, two, three, four. And she's been calming herself down. Really, with this jingle. That show is genius and um, horrible at the same time. Yeah. But those songs get... But it's sort of more ve- genius because... Very, very good for I the mean, kids. I mean, she started doing it, and then this morning she was flipping out about something, and I... St- and I, I mean, it was so out of... I, I went, if you feel so mad <laughs> and you want to roar, 
take a deep breath and count to four. And she goes, one, two, three, four. And then she calmed down. It's amazing. So maybe it's teaching them like mindfulness techniques. Yeah. You know, talking about breath, talking about. And being like, here's why I'm nervous. Yes. For you. Yes. It's not that this is a bad thing that happens to all kids, but right now there's a lot of cars in a parking lot and you should not or whatever the, the situation is. And in terms of mental yeah. anxiety and all that, I think maybe just really trying to keep lines of communication open yes. and That's constantly checking in. What, How are you feeling? What's happening in your mind? What yeah. are you thinking about? Are you worried about anything? Maybe every day asking your kid, are you worried about anything? Yeah. What's worrying you? Yep. Because things do worry them. Yeah. I mean, my kid was having this whole thing with the, with the potty at nap time. Yep. Her teacher, her teacher was doing this to her, was not, you know, giving her grief about going to the potty during nap time. And it got to the point where she was going up to school and crying and saying, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to school because my teacher's going to get mad at me for having to go potty. That's what? And Mike stepped in and wrote an email and was like, uh, nope, shutting this down right now. Like, like, do not don't get up during your old time because yeah, if you much. have to pee. What would you rather pee in or like nap bad? You know, it's like calling our bluff. Like, I'm yeah. sure that there are times when she's bored because yes. she doesn't nap. Yes. I get it. But for a three year old, you don't, you don't, no. you don't take that gamble. No. You let them go when they say they have to go. Or you clean up their pee and which is worse. Sure. Or poop. So I think. Gah. <laughs> so i yeah i think that like i might try to do that like i wonder if you know what if my mom had like checked in with me all the time like are you okay are you feeling scared about anything are you nervous are you worried about anything and singing that song which sounds very like what we do in yoga you sing songs in yoga about counting to four it's like just take a breath you'll be fine how often do you go to yoga Two to three times a week. Wow. I like it. I mean, I like being, I like, I don't like meditating, but I like thinking that it helps. I think it does help. It really Obviously do. it does. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You fall on your face. That's what they always say. Well, and that's what I talked about today. I was like, you know, there's so many things that I've tried to try to like get a handle on my own anxiety over the years. Yeah. I've tried exercise and therapy and, you know, medicine and smoking and smoking other things and you know there's Mm -hmm. been a variety of tactics i've tried yeah but really it wasn't until like i just had some shit go down yeah where i realized where it it hit me like with with like an anvil over my head that i'm actually not in control right right and when you realize that it almost becomes something that's less scary it's like you confront the monster or the ogre under the bridge and you're like, oh, well, that is true. Yeah. So then why am I wasting all of this time? Right. That's the best when you're like, oh, everybody's talking about me. And then that you find out like either A, nobody even knows your name or B, like maybe they were. I'm like, and so what? Who cares? Who cares? It does not matter. Nothing matters. A hundred people aren't talking about you. No. You're going to focus on the one that is? It doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let us know your uh, your anxiety stories and your tips and how you deal with it or what you do in parenting yeah what you do in parent how do you how do you deal with anxiety in parenting or in your kids i mean yeah i just think a lot of it is just surrender you know you just gotta surrender i just remember her being a baby and like 
thinking like she's never going to do what I want her to do. Like she's when I want her to sleep, she doesn't. No. When I want her to stop crying, she doesn't. When I change her clothes, she poops all over them. Like I don't I'm not in control here. I'm not driving the ship anymore. No. We have a a picture. We have this little just on top of that. We have this a book of their first birthday. um, And there's I made like fucking shirts for them. Yeah. I made Jack a Save Ferris shirt because it was an 80s party. I remember. Put immediately pooped everywhere. Immediately. Of Of course. And I told him there's a picture of him in it. And I was like, there's poop underneath you. But I had to take a picture of it. And now every time they open it, they go. And then you pooped all over this shirt. And I'm like, see, that's what that's, and that's what it's all story. about. And that's, that's the, the story. Memory. Yeah. That nothing is perfect. No. There's poop in that picture. Yep. And it's okay. Yep. We still survived. We still survived. So oh. the point is poop on your clothes. <laughs> That's the moral of today's podcast, guys. Uh, Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening as always. Yes. Let us know if you have any anxiety. Tell us about your anxiety, too. Tell us about your anxiety. Yeah. As long as it's weird. There's some weird anxieties out there. You know, when when we had the talk today, everybody was like, this was a good topic. Everybody feels this. Everybody gets anxious. You know, and I think right now it's really at a fever pitch. Yes. So it's something I think we do need to be aware of in, in regards to our children and that we're not you know, perseverating actively in front of them yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which yeah. could be easy to do. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you next see week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Uh, um, Mail camp.